0: Melbourne, Australia has gone from one of the most desired places to visit or live on the planet to one of the scariest places even to view from afar with unimagined police brutality becoming a feature of daily life with political leaders giving their backing to displays of violence that would have made heads roll elsewhere. We're speaking today with two guests right In the middle of this nightmare, from the heart of Melbourne and the state of Victoria, where police who did little to nothing about Black Lives Matter protests have launched an enforcement of lockdown protests, the severity of which is reminiscent of China and North Korea. With an already harmed reputation, given their unjust pursuit of false charges against Cardinal George Pell, the Melbourne police only made things worse with the selling of face masks with a Freemasonic symbol on them. We're joined today by two residents of the state of Victoria in Australia, John Macaulay, a businessman currently based in rural, regional Victoria, and Bella Debrera, a journalist and author living in central Melbourne, where the restrictions are the most draconian. You're going to want to stay tuned for this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. John and Bella, thank you for joining us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. And I know that Melbourne and the state of Victoria in which Melbourne lies is in general a special place for the both of you. Can you start off by telling us about that and the recent changes that you've witnessed in your home?
1: Well, if I could kick off, uh, great to be with you, uh, John Henry. Uh, Melbourne has been in the top rankings of the world's most livable cities for two decades uh, now, usually at the very top. Unfortunately, uh, the livability of that city is now deeply in question because people like Bella, who's down in Melbourne, and myself here in uh, rural Victoria, the state that surrounds um, Melbourne, have very, very heavy restrictions uh, uh, upon us. But I think it's probably Bella who's suffering even worse. She's under a five kilometre um, restriction by which you can only leave home for four reasons, uh, one of which would include just buying groceries.
2: That's actually better oh. than it was a week ago. I had only two reasons to leave a week ago and we were only allowed out for an hour. So um, it's an improvement. Wow, <laughs> um, what? Yeah, Melbourne used to be, look, it used to be a lovely place and it's um, it's completely unlivable at the moment. So um, it's, it's an incredible uh, transformation that we've seen almost overnight.
0: It's impossible. I mean, we're getting images uh, from your neck of the woods that are just, they're horrifying most of the world. And yet this is one of the most picturesque, beautiful places on Earth. So this is truly shocking. And obviously the rest of the world is wondering if they're not looking at a horrific premonition of what's coming to us. Um, Now, you've seen all that you've experienced in lockdown past six months or so. But what you're describing, when did that start? And there's a very much a new character to this, isn't there?
1: It began uh, with my own... uh, um deep trust and perhaps mistaken trust in the warnings that were being issued by the world health organization at the start of this year i was actually based in central sydney but i was very concerned about the real risk of a pandemic so i removed myself to the alpine district here in rural victoria it turned out to be the biggest mistake not just because of what we've endured for the past six months and the fact that i can't get back across uh, the border to sydney but because the Victorian Parliament has just passed laws um, that will extend the state of emergency for another six months. So my, na- my naive tr- trust um, in trying to do the right thing has now meant that I could be up to a year. And that's a small concern because I'm a businessman. What about parents who have not been able to have their children baptised for six months now, and with the current restrictions potentially being extended for to another six months, we could be looking at one-year-olds, children turning one year of age, who have not had the opportunity to be baptised because all of our churches are locked. Well,
2: they could, they can baptise the rich. They can baptise their children in emergency, though, obviously.
1: Uh, okay. They, I would encourage them if, 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 in, in such circumstances and give them the high priority of baptism to do it themselves. Um, if they can then commit um, to raise the child in the in the faith and have the baptism entered in the church ba- baptismal record once the churches are reopened. Um, But in the meantime, before the Victorian Parliament is an omnibus bill giving police the power to arrest Victorian citizens who may potentially breach COVID uh, restrictions. So this is now um, a bill before Parliament um, to criminalise intentions and thoughts before there's ever even an event. So the Victorian police and the Victorian uh, political establishment is as oppressive as anything you'd find in eastern europe
0: wow now bella we've seen images of police car hitting a man going for that man stomping on his head we've seen a pregnant lady who posted a facebook post about a lockdown protest get arrested in her home in front of her children begging that she could just please let me just take down the post let me just take down the post afterward in an interview she was too afraid to do anything more on the subject we've seen police with uh, shields marching through a little market square shoving people out this is all happening very close to you is it not
2: Actually, um, frighteningly close. I live uh, near the seaside, and uh, we had um, riot police at the end of my street on Saturday morning, um, and um, a police helicopter circling above for an hour and a half. And I, I can't believe the uh, the, the police state that I've woken that I, that I'm now living in. And I was saying to to uh, some. On a, on a program yesterday, that I feel like I've woken up in 1961 in in in, in the wrong on the wrong side of Berlin. Yeah. Um, it, 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 mostly because I don't know if your viewers know that um, Victoria is is locked down completely. We are not only I'm not only locked in my suburb, but I'm also locked out of rural Victoria, and I'm locked out of other um, states. So um, the, the one of the most frightening things is that our premier, who is um, a, a socialist and uh, a, a liar and corrupt is um, now talking about how he's built a ring of steel around Melbournians. So he's using communist language. He's talking about an iron curtain. Um, and I don't know whether that's intentional or, or, or he's channeling, um, uh, you know, he's channeling the 1960s Berlin. But, um, but it certainly feels, it's very. it doesn't feel like a police state, but it is actually a police state. And yeah. uh, John mentioned the omnibus bill where I can now be arrested for something that I might do in the future, um, and they master the language as as a coronavirus as a as a uh, conspiracy theorist. So wow. um, it's terrifying.
0: If I can stick with you for a second, Bella. Now, this situation is in modern day not seen anywhere. Yes, in the past we can see this in in Nazi Germany, but today we've seen it. Yes, maybe in China or in North Korea, but in nowhere in the civilized world, what we used to be called the civilized world. But yet we're seeing it right there, and we're seeing it with such brutality that what is what is the feeling of families in their homes, your own, um, and others of your neighbors? What what's their sense of things right now?
2: Well, terrifyingly, a lot of people are in agreement with. The measures that are being taken, and I think that's the one thing that disturbs me almost as much as the measures that are being imposed on us. There was a poll this morning that showed that the majority of Victorians think that uh, the, the current government has done the right thing, because people have been genuinely terrified into believing that coronavirus is, is equal to the plague or equal to the Spanish flu, which we know now that it's not. You know, John was saying earlier, he, he, he fled to Sydney because he believed that this was going to be something deadly. Um, it's turned out that it's not. So so the feeling is very divided. It's, we, we are um, now very much in a divided society, divided Australia. We have the public sector, which is growing during this, and the private sector, which is shrinking. So you have two very, very different opinions. You have the public sector and, and public sector workers and bureaucrats who are quite fine with it all because they haven't lost their jobs. In fact, in Victoria, they all got pay rises, whereas you've got millions of Australians in the rest of Australia that are losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods. So the feeling mm-hmm. is... Very, very mixed. Depending on who, you fit. if you're a small business owner like John, you are going to be absolutely struggling. If you're mm-hmm. a bureaucrat, you're fine. Wow. Personally, it's been very difficult. I've been trapped in my flat since March. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working and living in the same place, and it does get it does it is very, very difficult.
0: Unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now, also the police pressure is very real. In fact, they're not even shy or, or embarrassed having been caught with such brutality in fact the the police have seemingly said yep that's what it's called that's what's called for and we're going to be doing more of it john if you can explain that for us
1: john henry the the very definition of a police state is surely the line beyond which if law-abiding citizens are summarily pulled over and their details are demanded of them their particulars their their spelling of their surname and that these things are entered into the um police officers copy book so that he can, as happened to me only a week ago, so that he can then go back to his station and start profiling me. Now, I was on a a nightly walk around uh, (laughs) the local lake, as I do every, every evening, and I was summarily stopped. Um, All my details were demanded of me. I asked the officer "Have i done anything wrong, officer. And he said, no. And I said, then can I move on? And he said, no, you cannot move on. So that's effectively a form of arrest. He went on to demand my details without there being any basis for him to do that. And I then had him looking me up and doing slow drive-bys, getting my license plate from the car in my my driveway. It's very disturbing. Someone like me who's never had any dealings with the police at all. And as he left, he then said to me, you better not be from around here. And I thought there was a certain irony. Um, that I was receiving a menace from the very police force that should serve and protect, that I'd better not be around here despite the fact that I don't have much of a choice in the matter, we're all locked down, But it was very much a case of which we have crossed that line. The moment the police can stop and and start questioning and detain people who are otherwise law-abiding citizens is very much proof positive that the state of Victoria, here in the south of Australia, is a police state. It's not becoming one. It is already a police state
0: absolutely and they were boasting the police themselves boasting about smashing windows on cars if people aren't offering their details when demanded by police let's have a look at that clip
3: in the last week we've seen a trend and emergence if you like of groups of people small groups but nonetheless concerning groups who classify themselves as sovereign citizens, whatever that might mean, uh, people who don't think the law applies to them. We've seen them at checkpoints, baiting police, um, not providing their name and address. On at least three or four occasions in the past week, we've had to smash the windows of people in cars and pull them out of there so they could provide their details because they weren't telling us where they were going. They weren't adhering to the chief health officer guidelines. They weren't providing their name and their address. We don't want to be doing that, but people have to absolutely understand there are consequences for your actions, and if you're not doing the right thing, we will not hesitate to issue infringements, to arrest you, to detain you where it's appropriate. As I say, it's not something we want to be doing, but it is what we will do, and it has been occurring in the last week.
0: So if you could give me a reaction to what we've just seen, uh, Bella, maybe we'll start with you.
2: Look, um, this, is, this is scenes that we're seeing daily, almost. Um, so at the beginning, I was, I was shocked and horrified, and strangely enough, I'm, I'm getting used to it, uh, oh. which, is a, which is a terrifying thing in itself. Um, but it is, as John was saying, it is a police state, and um, it, is, it is actually scary to go outside. And every time I see a police car, I'm afraid. This is, this is being treated, we're all being treated like criminals, um, and this is not what policing is about. We're meant to be being protected from the criminals, not treated as criminals. And um, the police, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of good policemen who are hating the fact that they have to treat ordinary citizens like like common criminals and get a, and arrest you know arrest people for not wearing masks and handcuff them and rest them to the ground. But there's a lot of them who are enjoying it and who are enjoying the power. Um, and and every hill, every afternoon in these terrible diabolical press conferences that our premier has, our dear leader, um, there's always a policeman that gets up and, and talks about how. Uh, people are crazy if they if they break the law. And of course, we've got the terrible double standards. you can have a, a Black Lives Matter protest, um, and but you cannot have a protest about um, the complete loss of your freedoms, and the draconian law. and the police are completely um, convinced that they they seem to be convinced that this is what Victorians need. They need to be crushed and um, the screws need to be tightened and they need to be treated like criminals.
0: Now, let's go to that discrepancy because that discrepancy of, is absolutely massive. If this is all honestly about a virus and the danger of a virus, how is the virus discriminating between Black Lives Matter protests and lockdown protests? And yet, that's exactly the way the police are treating it. John, if you could uh, comment on that for us, please. <laughs>
1: The virus is quite a, a wily beast, it would seem, because it's not only discriminating with regards to the Afghani community who've had a recent outbreak, but they were not penalised despite breaking the lockdown rules. Whereas my 81-year-old mother on her, on her one-hour allowed uh, walk into in, in, in around her suburb um, was given a formal uh, caution uh, and obviously the virus, it seems, to be, it seems to be sufficiently intelligent to discriminate uh, pre-curfew and post-curfew, and that somehow or another condensing the population to do their, their, their shopping before nine o'clock um, at the local supermarket is to be somehow safer than allowing these supermarkets that were previously open 24-7 and to disperse the population. The very fact that the national parks that surround um, my cottage here in rural Victoria are all closed, despite it now being school holidays. I would have thought dispersing the population would have been a far better approach.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So in in a way, this doesn't have to do with COVID. it, it begs what what exactly is going on. Have, have you given either of you given any thought to a larger agenda at play?
2: Uh, Well, there's, I mean, there there must be a larger agenda. The the, the police have admitted that the curfew has nothing to do with the uh, health matter. Um, And actually, there there are um, lawyers looking at whether the curfew has been illegal or not. Um, And it has been because it wasn't um, imposed on us because of uh, medical reasons. It was just imposed on us because it it makes the police's job easier. (laughs) Um, And they've admitted that. But, you know, it's, it's hard not to see uh, parallels around the world. We're not the only, I mean, we, ha- we do have the most draconian measures, but you do see mm-hmm. very similar, I sort saw of very similar pictures of, in Israel yesterday of people being arrested on a freedom march. Um, mm-hmm. So, so it's, 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 it's difficult not to, to, to see similarities around the world. And I do feel like Melbourne has been, a, as a test run and a test case, um, to see mm-hmm. how you can control a population and how you can manipulate a population. And it's been done absolutely brilliantly.
0: Yeah. That it is that is the most alarming thing I guess for a lot of us who are very remote from you watching what's happening thinking oh lord is this is this coming here and the the strange parts are too you've seen you're seeing the same thing all over the world with black lives matter protests oh that's all fine and good and wonderful even complimented uh there might be some minor fines I I heard there were some minor fines for the leaders of that protest but the police actually wouldn't charge the participants uh in the black lives matter protests
2: no it's totally total hypocrisy that we've seen um uh, again and again with this government um uh, john mentioned the afghani community um who have been spreading the virus they've been complete, breaking breaking all the laws um and yet the government won't find them but they find the the few people who turned up on the weekend to protest about um curfew and lack of freedoms so it is it is extremely hypocritical and um uh, again most people don't seem
0: to notice Mm -hmm. what's going on in terms of the church I know John you mentioned that uh, people can't get to baptisms uh, and and then you mentioned Bella that unless it was a real emergency how about Sunday mass attendance or daily mass or any kind of mass attendance both of you are are Catholics um, but any Christian service attendees or what what's going on there in terms of the church
1: a a case in point is my own uh, parish one of of the um, other aspects to a police state is a change in behavior of the citizens in that state so my priest emerged from offering his private mass uh the other morning um, to be confronted in fact to be shirt-fronted by a group of parishioners who pounced upon him and said father we've finally got proof that you're saying masses and we are going to report you oh, um, to the local police um they said they'd taken details they positioned um, another couple who were themselves former members of the parish council Had positioned themselves diagonally across from the church to take video recordings. I actually witnessed them on my morning walk um, surveilling the parish. And then when I was there to, to drop off some food for the, the parish food bank, um, there I saw the sight of my parish priest being confronted and threatened. And ironically, um, he asked them on, on, on what basis they were there and they declared that. They were there as part of the Communications and Transparency Committee um, of of, of the local district. So these are self-appointed vigilantes trying to stop a priest from fulfilling his obligation to his diocese to say his daily private mass. This is the bizarre behaviour that's now emerging um, throughout Victoria.
0: Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of the other things that's been really alarming about uh, about Australia particularly, and this has sort of stood out, is the Prime Minister's comments about making the vaccine mandatory, about penalties for not receiving the vaccine once once it's available. Um, can either of you address that?
2: Uh, well, he did make those comments um, and then back down in the same afternoon and said, oh, Lord, I didn't, when I said, when I meant mandatory, I didn't really mean mandatory. Uh, uh-huh. You know, typical sort of politician double speak. Uh, but I think I think it's worldwide where this is this is touted, isn't it? I mean, this is I think in Dubai I've got a friend in Dubai who says they're all going to have to have this this vaccine. Um, they won't be able to live and work there without it. Uh, so I don't think Australia is singular in its in its uh, threat to to, to vac- vaccinate people. Um, but it we ha- it's actually gone a bit quiet. Um, he he. Um, I don't know, John. Have you read anything else about the the, the possibility of the vaccine being mandatory?
1: Uh, sadly, it's just been legislated well, in, the, in Western Australia, giving police the powers to facilitate the process by which clinicians can mandatorily um, impose vaccines. Now, that's, again, something that hasn't hit the headlines. Yeah. Often it's wow. really clumsily drafted bills, but they're clumsily um, passed bills, and so it's now statute law in one part of Australia.
2: And this is a place there are no cases. There are no cases in Western Australia. None. Precisely.
0: Wow. Yeah. Hey, Unbelievable. I mean this is this is so this is so crazy. But one of the things that that is I think unique, and and perhaps not, but it they've spelled out uh some of the penalties that will be there, the restrictions on travel, restrictions on schooling. And this is already in the you know, this is towards making it mandatory. So it's not mandatory in the sense that we're going to hold you down and and vaccinate you and your children in front of you. You can't do anything about it, but we'll just restrict all things until you consent
1: we're in an interesting position uh, john henry here in uh, australia the leader of the uh, greek orthodox uh, church is himself a bioethicist mm-hmm. the primatial archbishop of australia anthony fisher in sydney is a leading uh, bioethicist they with the anglican primate of australia um issued a, a response to the prime minister on mandatory vaccinations but it was a rather ham-fisted attempt because despite their uh, stature and expertise, Art Anthony Fisher, in interview, immediately went on to say he would have no problem himself taking a, this Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, mm. which has not just dubious, um, but, but downright uh, immoral um, genesis um, yeah. in, in the use of mm-hmm. aborted fetuses. So it, it was a ham-fisted form of leadership to suggest that there's enough of a problem Um, to push back against this and and to to do the rare thing of three archbishops um, coming together uh, to make a a joint statement and then to proceed, that he personally would have no problem taking this vaccine. So, again, the the passage of time between what appeared like a bold statement and a backdown is usually about three hours in Australia. That's the degree of pressure. That's the amount of opprobrium and public hatred that will be visited upon anyone who dares to stand up to to the zeitgeist
0: wow wow! but we have seen something we've saw those 13 doctors who who did speak out publicly against the lockdown crisis um do you have lots of voices like that in the state of australia in in melbourne or uh, is that a rare thing and and what's happened to them since
1: Uh, Dr. Dr. Eamon Matheson, who led the charge, uh, I know him through the uh, Catholic Doctors uh, Association. Um, He's a a wonderful man uh, and his signature um, has been joined now by by many, many more doctors. All of them have put themselves on the hit list. All of them have jeopardised their careers. Um, Few of them now are left with much of a prospect um, of promotion. So all strength to their arm in having courage um, from an objective clinical perspective to dare to question um, the the uh, heavy-handed healthcare uh, response. So we'd love it if there are more voices that could join uh, a petition like the one that Eamon's uh, put together. It's a good start, um, but he'll certainly be isolated and targeted, as is anybody who dares to question the proportionality of, of the response.
0: Right. Bella, let me start with you um, in terms of what really troubles you the most about what's going on in your in your native land right now?
2: Um, well, I suppose look there's so many things that trouble me. It's, it's seeing it un- it's seeing it unfold um, so rapidly, um, and it's seeing the, the, it's it's the powerlessness that you suddenly realize that you have um, against um, what feels like a, a diabolical force, really. Um, masked with and uh, this sort of this uh, looming totalitarianism, uh, we were talking about the churches being closed. You know, it's always that the religion is always the the thing to go, isn't it? There's no, there's never any mention of opening the church doors again. People just don't even talk about it. Hmm. Um, you know, there's 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 the, the 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 social cost. There's the economic cost that uh, that, that what we're heading to is just. Awful. We've already uh, 13.5% unemployment in Victoria. Thousands of people have lost their jobs. In Australia, it's one million people. If we keep the lockdown restrictions going, it's going to be 1.7 million extra unemployed, um, and that's livelihoods lost. Uh, there's this, there's the, the suicides that have out, now outnumber the deaths from of coronavirus of young people with their lives ahead of them who have just given into complete despair and taken their own lives. As which, as a Catholic, is. It's horrifying um and and so i think it's 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 bad now but i am worrying about what what is coming and and um and it's very difficult to see how it's going to get any better um i just don't think it will and i think this is where you really have to hope that christ is going to intervene at some point or you know we're, we're on the right side we're on the side of christ because that's the only yeah. thing that can can get you through this i think
0: wow wow and, Which sounds uh, very
2: dramatic, but but I'm afraid that's that's what we're well,
0: facing. It, it doesn't sound dramatic compared to what we're seeing, because what we're seeing certainly, certainly is dramatic. Um, John, uh, we're going to close out with you. Uh, do you see a way back for Australia, for Victoria right now?
1: It'll be an intergenerational uh, project, uh, John Henry. Uh, I think one of the first victims um, will be the uh, generations that have been saddled with enormous debt. Um, Australia has a rather visionary national health and disability insurance scheme, which allows um, high levels of care um, for for, for the most vulnerable um, in our uh, community, people with uh, disabilities and chronic illnesses. We've now been saddled with the equivalent debt of our annual GDP. That's a project that will take generations to pay off. And sadly, I actually think it's healthcare funding and the NDIS, IS uh, Disability Insurance Scheme, that'll be the first um, to have to be removed from uh, our public sector spending, because it will take not small businesses like mine, um, it'll take generations across the entire economy um, to rehabilitate the destruction that's uh, befallen us uh, since the start of this year.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Any closing words, Bella?
2: Um, <laughs> I, 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 just, I look, I, I hope that, that this is over soon and I, and, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. We do have this so-called roadmap. Um, things will be, things will be opening up by Christmas. Um, and, but we just have to make sure that when it does go back to normal, we, um, make sure this doesn't happen again.
0: Amen. Amen. We will be praying for you at LifeSite News and, uh, many of our viewers will have you at heart and, in, and in their prayers. May God bless you both. And I thank you for joining us in this episode of the John Henry Weston Show.
2: Thank
3: you, Thank
0: you so much. Let me just do a shout out to all of you folks coming to us today from Australia. Listen, we are doing our best to cover what's going on in your nation. And we would ask you to spread LifeSight News and this video show to your fellow compatriots there. Please share with your family and friends the John Henry Weston Show and all of Lifesight News so that we can continue uh, giving this great coverage from Australia And as we showcase what's happening in your land right now, know too that we are praying for you.